Once again, the Hawks win the game with their final drive, 20 to 17 over the Tennessee Titans. I'm Michael Bumpus. Welcome to the postgame show. Be joined by Ray Roberts and Brian Walters, Geno Smith. First game back in a couple weeks, 25 of 36, 227 yards and two touchdowns. Kenneth Walker had 16 carries for 54 yards. Tyler Lockett, eight catches, 81 yards. JSN, six for 61. And DK Metcalf had four for 56, one touchdown. Kobe Parkinson had the game-winning touchdown. He had three catches for 17 yards. Defensively, Bobby Wagner led everybody when it comes to tackles. He had 11. The Hawks were seven of 13 on third downs. That's always a great indication there. Only possessed the ball seven times but got scores on four drives man we got a lot to do a lot to break down when we come back we're going to get interviews from players as they step up to the podium we're going to hear from the head coach and also the guys here Ray Roberts and Brian Walters are going to jump in and break this whole thing down the Seahawks get it done 20 to 17 that's next on the Seahawks radio network Welcome back to the post game show. I'm Michael Bumpus with the fellas. The Hawks get it done 20 to 17. Now, Raves, I, I was praying for you. I go, look, man, give my man Raves a break. Let, let him just, just coast into the end of the game. Didn't happen that way, but um, I'm still always jealous when you get to make those calls, man. How was that finish? Oh my! Well, it, it was it was great, certainly, and and the, to just watch Gino just move the team down the field. Yeah, there was a penalty that helped. But penalties went both ways. They generally cancel each other out by the time usually the game is all said and done. But just the ability, Tyler Lockett, make big catches when we needed him down the stretch, and then stepping out of bounds, stopping the clock. Gino was right on the money, and then that back shoulder throw, as we heard Kobe Parkinson say, uh, talking to Jen coming off the field, he said that's a season worth of practice. Working on that, the timing on that, being ready for it. And as again, as we mentioned, uh, three receivers right side. I got all of my vision going to the right side, looking for some combo route over here. And there's the dart thrown to the far side for the touchdown. Just a great way for the Seahawks. I wish I wish we'd like win 35 nothing, and it would be a lot easier on all of us old people. But I got to tell you, I, I talked to my wife, Sharon, at halftime every game. And I told her, I said, you know, we're just kind of not in sync on offense. She said, that's give it time. Gino's going to have the guys in the fourth quarter. They will score. They will win. So there you go. A lot of credit to the bride. Hey, you know, they know better than us. That's for sure, Raves. You know, Way you know better, that. brother. Way better. <laughs> so Gino uh, sits down for two weeks. He comes back and he gets his fourth game winning drive of the season. His 14th of his career out of 64 starts. Um, man, it, I, and I understand that the, the Titans had guys missing in the, in the back end of their defense, but uh, to sit for a couple weeks and come out there and still be the same leader that we saw um, this season was impressive. How was Gino able to get it done? Well, yeah, and there were times he was under a lot of pressure. It didn't seem to matter who Tennessee had in there, but they were able to, to bring a number of guys. They often rushed five. They often ran stunts inside. And not that it confused our guys, but it's just, you know, they other teams watch film. They watched film on us and saw some of the successful things teams like the Niners have done in looping those defensive ends back inside to try to get some real good pressure right up the middle. I thought one of the things that Geno did really well was negotiate that pass rush and slide around in the pocket step up in the pocket on a number of occasions when he needed to and make a strong throw. And that's something that, you know, young quarterbacks, Drew Locke, can do that certainly. But Geno has had so much experience now the last two seasons in doing it. He's seen so much. And so when he came in today, even though he has been resting, getting that leg better for the last couple of weeks, he's seen all of this stuff. So now he just has to come out here and perform. And he did. He really played a great game. Got a lot of help. 
Defense gave up some yards rushing, but you know in the second half, they really kind of throttled Derrick Henry a little bit better, and Spears as well. And, and here we go, score inside of a minute and then hang on to win. I'm glad you mentioned the, the, the defense, Rays, because, um, I mean, they deserve some loves. Key sacks at the end of that game right there. Boye Mafe starts the season off with seven sacks, disappears for four to five weeks. He has two tonight. That has to be big for that young man's confidence. Yeah, what did we have, six total? Six total sacks, yeah. I think? Uh, yeah, we did. Um, yeah, it, it just great pressure. And, and again, Tannehill's a veteran quarterback, so he understands how to step up and how to step out of trouble. And, man, a couple of times he would turn to step up, and he just got lit up. Somebody was just blasting him right in the chin strap. And I, I, a couple of times I wasn't sure how he held on to the football or how he got up off the ground. Uh, the Seahawks did a really good job of that. And then covering up those guys on the outside made it really difficult for him to to throw those completions. Uh, in fact, his tight end, I think, was his favorite target today for the most part. So Seahawks D, again, also took a little while and took some adjustments in the second half, uh, but they, they did what they had to do, and we come home with a victory. And, and buddy, we're 8-7 and seven now and still squarely in the playoff hunt. Uh, we talked about it. You almost are sure you have to win out here and go 10-7 and seven on the season to be able to get into the playoffs. We're still on that, uh, on that glide path. Yes, we are. Now, the Hawks got some help, man. The Lions beat the Vikings. So, uh, so far, so good for the squad today, man. Uh, again, Raves, appreciate talking to you every week. You get home safely to your bride, and let's do it again soon. Thanks, Bump. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, man. All right, we're just getting started, man. Lots to do when we get back. We got interviews from the locker room at the podium. Going to get the guys here involved. All that is next. The Seahawks win in dramatic fashion once again, 20-17. to 17. Seahawks get it done in Tennessee on Christmas Eve, 20-17. to 17. That's a familiar score, fellas. I'm Michael Bumpers with Ray Roberts and Brian Walters. Man, do they always have to make it this dramatic when it comes down to winning ball games? Um, it's, it's hard to watch and to listen to, but when it's all said and done, the Hawks take care of business. The Vikings take an L to the Lions. You are by yourself at that 7C spot. Man, it feels good. I know I know we didn't get here the way we wanted to get here, Big Ray. But we are here and it feels good. Hey, we, we are we are here to still in it. Everything that you want to accomplish in your season is still right in front of you and you have control to a degree, you know, over it. And <laughs> as much as we like or don't like it, the whole can't win it in the first or the second and the third, but you can win it in the freaking fourth, um, is is still alive, you know, and uh and I don't know. It was funny. We were listening to the broadcast. Uh, B. Walt and I were upstairs, and Rondé Barber was saying, like, oh, man, winning games like this take such an emotional toll on your team. I'm like, well, you haven't followed Pete Carroll and the Seahawks for <laughs> however long he's been here because this is how they win football games. And so it was cool to see uh, Geno get on track down there, uh, you know, down the stretch. Uh, Tyler Lockett got open for some some uh, passes and, and uh, was able to keep the chains, keep the ball moving and, and convert first downs. And then Parkinson with the with the big boy catch at the end to, to, to seal the victory. Yeah, I mean, the second half, the, the change that happened to this team in the second half was, um, you know, whatever halftime adjustments they, they made was fantastic. Because this game was funny. You only had three possessions in the second half. Yeah. And so, and you had to have, so those, those drives were important because you only scored three points in the first half. So you had three chances to score points. And they did that on every single drive in the second half. And they were long drives. You had 10 plays, 10 plays, and 14 play drives. So the offense came out, controlled the clock, and, and got it done in the second half, which is what all you can 
could ask for. Um, and Gino did a good job of really recovering. You know, it's almost like he took the first half to to you know get get that feel back, get that game speed back, and then the second half he was he was dialed in, throwing a lot better ball and uh, distributing it nicely. And Tyler Lockett making plays, JSN making plays, DK draws the big pass interference, and also the huge touchdown catch. Um, which was a great catch. So those guys continue to shine, and, and so great job in the second half of the Hawks. Yeah, three possessions in, possessions in the second half. You get a field goal and two touchdowns. Um, yeah, this this is a weird game, man. Typically, an offense gets about 11 to 12 possessions in a game. You cut that in half. Let's hear what Pete Carroll has to say about this win in Tennessee. Well, another uh, dramatic finish for our guys, and uh, um, sensational finish, really, uh, to, to get that done. Uh, under all of the circumstances, you know, uh, there's a lot of them. And, you know, Monday night coming off the ro- on the road, early game, all that kind of stuff that usually people talk about had nothing to do with it. And uh, uh, love the, the way we finished this game, the way our, our, the, the focus of our guys throughout the 60 minutes was exactly as we needed. We went in halftime and got serious about fixing things up and we made the defense fix some stuff up. Uh, we obviously got better on offense at, at halftime and then we came out and, and executed enough to, to get a win. Um, these wins are so hard. <laughs> They're so hard. And uh, so um, I, I thought a lot of guys did, did cool stuff and, and all. But uh, look at Geno coming back and, and playing. Last week it was, it was Drew taking us down the field. Today it was Geno taking us down the field. has a lot to say with the system and the coaches and what, what they're getting done with these guys to communicate that well. The last sequence is a cool sequence. You know, it's, is it 151 or something like that? 152 or something left. Uh, we've got three timeouts and a two-minute warning, and we got four downs to make the first down. And, and that's that's such a mindset and mentality uh, for our guys, and they know it really well. And we 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 execute it beautifully in that situation where you got to wait for the you know be patient to make your plays. And uh, Gino did a great job. Shane did a great job. They communicated uh, fantastic. But but I think the focus goes to me is the big guys up front to pass pro that whole time and, and just keep him off him so that he could make the plays and the guys could make the great catches and the first downs and all that. Uh, Jackson's big play, Tyler's big play, and then of course Colby's at, at the end was was fantastic. Um, so it was uh, it's an exciting win for us and, and uh, the the belief in this locker room is strong uh, that we can take on whatever we got to take on and we'll have our, our wits together and we'll execute and function no matter how long it takes to get it and. and uh, that's a powerful, it's a powerful trait. So hopefully we can hang on to that. You've mentioned multiple times, Pete, that the grind you went through to get to the end of this month really helped. How do you think that's shown up on the last two drives, last two games? I think our, I think we've come out of those games because we didn't get screwed up from the losses, which we could have. You know, we could have flipped out and lost our minds. We kept believing that we we could get it done, and so the the resolve stayed stayed intact, and so that we can utilize all of the those difficult experiences and the tough games and the matchups and the great personnel that we went against, and we're better because of it. And so um, we found a way. And uh, it was, you know, it was a slow, slow start today, uh, kind of marred it, but we came in at halftime and we knew that it was our game to go win. And uh, so we, we got it done again. To have that trio, all three receivers going like Tyler, DK, and Jackson, what does that do for offense when you got three guys? Oh, it was, it was, I thought Gino used everybody so well today. Uh, and, and to go to Kobe at the end, you know, and, and something we've been looking forward to doing and we've been working on. Everybody was watching him. Everybody knew it was going to him, and, and he came through with a great play. It was a great throw and also a great catch to, to win it right there. Um, it, it, it's, it gives us the kind of flexibility that we can really move the ball around. And it, but, but it doesn't happen unless the big guys protect like they did, and they did a great job. gina has got four game-winning drives now on the season. What can you say about how he handles himself in the yeah, situation? If, if, uh, 
you know, it, it, you, you got to be around him to appreciate how uh, the competitive mentality that he has. He's in such a good place. He believes so strongly that it's going to happen and it's going to get done and his guys are going to come through for him. And that belief, it, it transfers, you know, it translates to other guys and they feel him. And so they're just, they go through and do what they're supposed to do and it comes out well, you know, and, and uh, so um, he, he's having an, an enormous impact in, in, on these guys just because his mentality is so strong and so consistent. Yeah, we we came in to rush the passer. That was the the, the focal point, and, and we got that done right from the beginning and all the way to the end. Uh, I think Maffei and uh, uh, Dre in, in the last drive right there. But the guys rushed hard all day long. The the if you look at the last two weeks, the formula has kind of been similar. Not one that we were in love with, but it, it happened where they didn't throw the ball for a lot of yards, but they ran the ball pretty well. And uh, it's a little different cockeyed from where we we generally. <coughs> Uh, you know, try, try to put ourselves in that position, but it's happened where they're not getting much in, in the throwing game, and we're doing a really nice job on the back end and, and all that. Oh, I almost forgot the uh, the hit the hit of a career happened today for uh, ter, uh, for Reek, and uh, I, he hit the guy so hard I think he, he thought he must be hurt, and so he had to come back to his wits and he popped up and he was ready to go again. But that hit right there that ends the game it was because he knocked the guy back. It was a fantastic moment uh, to finish. It's just as dramatic as, as uh, Julian's interception last week, I thought. You know, that was the game-ending play right there, uh, the, the walk-off play. And I was really fired up for him uh, to experience that and realize you can hit somebody that hard and it's okay. He's so okay. He's okay with that? He's fine. Julian loved to come back after not being oh. here all week. Just the way he performed under those circumstances. The, the, I, you, anybody that's been through it, you know, has babies, know you know. And this was as challenging for Julia as could have been. It took him days and days to get through the process. Uh, I know he wasn't well rested, um, but but he got through it anyway and did a great job. There was not a guy in our locker room that would worry about him one day. He would be able to pull it off, and he did a fantastic job. Speaking of recount, how, how do you sort of handle last week, not not starting and all that, and then coming back today, starting and making? Well, I need to look at film, but um, I, I, I like I like that he's taking the challenge. Physically speaking, do you feel like Gino was all the way back now? Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah, and he got he got whacked a couple times a day, but uh, he made it through. What uh, Jordan Brooks? What happened with him? Uh, he got his ankle twisted again. The same one, and so uh, um, he's got a sore ankle. We got to see what happens. I don't know what to tell you about that. Did that change things a little bit? I mean, it looked like you wanted to play Devin Bush. Yes, we, yeah. yeah, it did change some stuff. What a uh, uh, the drive where they scored, you guys had some penalties on there. And stuff oh, like that. yeah, that, that, that was good. I, 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 I didn't get a second good look at that one. I don't know about that one. But they felt like we slid in, in, in the, you know, in front of the receiver. That's just a way that they can call that penalty. Um, but the one down, down there that we, we, you know, we throw a punch or whatever, that's, that's just wrong. That we can't play like that. They came into this game with the number one red zone defense. So what does it mean to their? Yeah, no, I, I was well aware of that. As we were talking our way through it, and to score two times down in the red zone on the best red zone defense in the NFL was a good deal. And it was a it was, well, good accomplishment for us. Give them credit. They're really good at it. And, and uh, we found a way. DK's touchdown count? What was your deal with that? I had no no thought other than it was a touchdown. I didn't see any. I, I don't know. The rhythm of, of his feet hit. We could see it right, right down the sideline. So we, we, we were really... Um, clear that we had a real shot by, by challenging, but um, you know, obviously he was in that. We saw it. We saw it right. And he, he didn't seem to protest the call of incomplete, but you like did somebody see it, or you said you saw it from the sidelines? I saw. Yeah, I saw it from the sidelines, and then and then uh, Taylor saw it upstairs to, 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 to confirm. Go, going to Colby for the for the winning TD is that is he sort of the, yeah yeah that's cool it's cool because we've been working on it for a long time and. Uh, 
and, and to, to make that play down there, and, and he had a good matchup, and Gino threw a great ball, ripped it to him, and uh, we've, it's been looking good in practice. So I, I love that we went to that right there because that was probably the last thing we thought was going to happen. We would go in on that situation, so uh, the, the, they won't think that anymore. What happened with Damian Lewis? Um, I, I don't know. I don't have him. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, he used knee whistle. I'm sorry. I'm not sure what he did, but he twisted his knee or something. Overall, what do you make the defensive cross? They, they ran it pretty well, but the pass defense. Yeah, I thought we played way better in the second half, and we improved uh, with our fits, and we tackled better in the second half. We stopped a lot of runs. Uh, the first half, we just we, we got to overtry a little bit, and we were taking some shots at things that we, we didn't execute as well as we had to. But uh, Clint did a good job at halftime and, and got everybody squared away, and we went right back to the basics of it. And it wasn't anything fancy they were doing. It was just that guy's a great player now. He's a great player. And uh, we had to stop him. And we had to stop him tackling him. And we tackled him way better than that now. Big, big picture, the, the, the playoff situation now, you're, you're, if you win your head, it, it, it appears with Minnesota. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. It's just this week. That's all it is this week. Anything else? Right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that was the head coach, Pete Carroll, man. He goes, look, the gauntlet prepared these guys for this moment right here. And uh, we were talking about just the margin of victories when it comes to the Seahawks during their wins. They have a couple 10-point wins, but it doesn't really feel like that, right? It's always been interesting. And I think that's just the identity of this team this year. Nothing's really going to be easy. You're talented enough to win ball games. Um but uh, you're not at that level to where you're just capable of blowing teams out. So no matter who you line up against, you play against the Seahawks, it's, it's liable to be a battle, right? Yeah, it just it it sometimes it just seems like they can't they don't ever put a whole a complete game together, offense and defense. So that's why you end up having these last minute drives to win or or last drive that you got to stop to secure the win. Uh, because I think if they if the defense played the way they were playing, like the first five, six, seven games of the season, and the offense played like they played against the Cowboys in some games, you could you could have a 10-point <laughs> win. You right. know what I'm saying? Uh, but, uh, but they've also come accustomed to just not being afraid to win close games. They haven't, they're not afraid to, to be in close games. Uh, that's one of the things that Pete preaches. That's why early in the season winning games like this is important for all the young dudes because they the always compete and you can't win in the first, second, and third, but you can in the fourth. Like they, They've heard it probably watching the NFL, but now they're in the, this locker room, and, and you have to make them believe that. And so uh, early in the, those early season wins, when you're winning like that, really matter for the mindset of the team so they can, they can have two weeks in a row, last drive of the, of the game, they come up with a touchdown for the victory. Yeah, the, the confidence that your team gains knowing that you're always in it, and even if you're down with a minute left, two minutes left, that you can give the ball to your quarterback. Either one, really. You saw Drew do it last week and Gino this week. Uh, and, and they can lead you to a game-winning drive. Um, it just does wonders for you, you know, as opposed to maybe a blowout win. Um, I mean, I guess that does co- bring builds confidence in, a, in another way itself. Yeah. But but going into these, these later games in the season and into the playoffs, these are the kind of games you're going to have, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's fighting for a spot. Everything's big. Um, and so it's just good to have that under your belt and have these, these game-winning last-second wins um, on you. Say 12s is only rock and roll, but we like it. The Rolling Stones are performing at Lumen Field on May 15, 2024. Get tickets now to see the Hackney Diamonds Tour. Visit lumenfield.com and get ready to rock. When we return, more interviews, more analysis right here on the Seahawks Radio Network. Thank you, Curtis Rogers, for that scoreboard update. Let's go to the podium. We got Jay Reed live. How'd that one feel, Jerry? Oh, man, it felt good. Uh, the game was very ugly for my team. 
but we showed a lot of grit and a lot of determination to do right on. Was it hard to sort of have a quick turnaround, obviously, and really emotional win Monday night? Was it hard to kind of take that off and all? Uh, no, uh, we've been through that this whole season. Um, you know, I was thinking that showed the grit in our team, the resilience that we have as a team together uh, for a short, uh, short turnaround. We knew this, this, uh, excuse me, this team was going to come in and they were going to do everything they could to try to stop us from getting the win, but we pulled it out. You had a couple sacks on the final drive. What, what would you see on those plays? Oh, uh, that was huge. We knew that if we get them the third down, we could rush that, we can get after them. Um, I think they get the most sacks in the league. You know, we showed tonight that you know we got a great rush, we got great rushers as well, and uh, we just ended the game what we needed to do. They found some success against you guys on the ground. Derrick Henry's had such a great career. How how unique is he compared to everybody else that you guys play against? And <laughs> the challenges that he presents. I mean, you don't see too many six five, two hundred fifty pound running backs that probably got zero percent body fat. I mean, he's a monster out there. Um, they, they gave us every personnel that they could that we really didn't see during the season. They really didn't use tight ends. They used every bit, uh, extra tackles, sometimes two extra tackles, 13 personnel, 13 T, those type of things. And I was glad that we see it. Now we get uh, put it on film, we get to go back to the drawing board uh, when we get to work Tuesday and uh, make the creation that we need to. Jaron, what do you think the four-game stretch Niners and Eagles Cowboys Benefit. How's that benefiting you guys? Um, I think that made us a better team. I think the stretch that we had, you know, that five-week stretch made us a better team. You know, we had ups and downs, but we never give up. And, you know, we got a, we got a, a great team. We got great guys in the locker room who always believe. And uh, that's all we can do. And uh, I think each game we got better. It made us better. We learned and we made some mistakes, but we learned from it and we grow from it. And, you know, we got to keep going. Pete said we're supposed to ask you about your coverage on the last drive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, so I tell him all the time I play linebacker in high school, believe it or not. And, you know, that's what I do. So he came in, we had a call. They told me they were going to put me on the back, strapping him up. So he won't get the ball. Is that the first time you've done that? In your no, it's not the first time. Uh, we used to actually do it a lot back in the day, I think. Well, excuse me, when we had Kenny Norton as the defensive coordinator. How about Reed? <laughs> hey, that was good to see. I think he's not the win out of self. But it's good to see Reed go, go up there, you know, and make that play. He's taking tremendous strides as a player is what he needs to do. As a D-line, is there anything more fun than closing out a game with two sacks? To oh, the game on that's, that's, all, that's all what we what we want to do. You know, of course, we want to close the game up front, and that's what we did. You know, I think it helped by me strapping the running back up, too. <laughs> Your quarterback, uh, Gene had his fourth game-winning drive for the season. Seems like he's been poised all season in those moments. What, what can you say about it? Yeah, uh, you know, Gino was a great player. Me and Gino training all season together at the same gym down in Florida. And uh, like I told him before the game, I said, this is the moment that we work for right here. Uh, we put in so much work, and I watched him put in so much work endlessly, you know, from the time we work out in the morning to field drills. When we were done with field drills, I was getting off because it was hot. But he was still going. And so, you know, I try to remind him every time that the work we put in, it's time to put in and show it on the field. You know, the preparation is key. And you know, when we prepare, we play good. Julian, one more, sorry. Julian Love had a pretty eventful week, but the baby is away from the team, and then he flies separately. What do you make of all that? Oh, man, tremendous player. A guy that's always accountable. A guy that's always in the right place doing the right thing. And I think he had a big hit early on, you know, putting him living out the game. Uh, team is going to see it. They're going to get alligator arms when they see how our DBs were hitting today. I think, you know, personally, every hit was clean, but, you know, uh, Julian's a great player, man. He's really coming along right now, and we need him. We need him to keep him getting turnovers and keep him in the right spots, making big plays. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That was Jay Reed, man. He had himself a good day. One sack out of the six that the uh, the Hawks were able to get together. Man, he talked about Derrick Henry. We, we know about D. Henry, but when you when you de- you describe him, 
250 body fat. Yeah, I'm, I made a good decision playing offense, Big Ray. And a guy like him, when you watch him on TV, he looks big, but you can't have an appreciation for how big he is until you see him standing next to, like, a Bobby Wagner. Right. And you go, like, holy crap, like, he's – you know, probably taller than Bobby, you know, so it's uh, it's pretty incredible. So it reminds me of in not the same speed, but seeing Christian Okoye, you know, for the first time as a running back, him and Barry Word were like two of the biggest running back tandems ever in the history of the league, but and he makes those dudes look small, so he's a big dude. And so I can't imagine him coming downhill at from five yards, 10 yards deep in the backfield, right. and you have to figure out how to tackle him. All right, well, let's go back to the podium. Boye Mafe had himself a day. Two sacks, two TFLs. He's live. How we doing? How does it feel to cap off a game that way with getting a couple sacks to put the finishing touches on the win? I mean, it feels great. It's one of those things that, you know, we've been working on. Definitely. I haven't had a, couple, I haven't had a sack in a couple of weeks, so just came back into the flow of things, came back into who I feel as I am as a player. So... It's one of those things just to get back into who your rhythm and know how you can be as a player. You mentioned that like, other teams have been putting more attention on you, chips, double teams, all that. Just when you got that first one today, does it kind of feel like a weight off your shoulders to, to get one? Uh, I mean, definitely, it's always something you're working towards. But at the end of the day, you know, the big, big picture is you know, getting the W. So, you know, making sure that I'm doing everything that I can in my manner to help the team. Team lost four in a row. Things could have gone in any number of directions. What What about this team? Do you think is a lot? You guys have come back the way you have the last two weeks. Uh, I feel like it's some resiliency. You know, there's a lot of situations, a lot of things that happen throughout the season. We have a lot of ups and downs. And I thing I love about this team, though, is that we don't waver. You know, every situation that has hit us, there's no one batting the eye. There's no one turning the cheek. Everyone just looks at it and says, all right, how do we get better from it? So the fact that we were able to turn around and actually take you know accountability for everything we did and have that conversation with each other and take an action to it is what I was amazing about this team. They ran the ball really well against you guys in the first half. The second half, Henry was held under three yards per carry. What do you see change those last two quarters compared to what they were doing early in the game to you guys? Uh, we had a we had a conversation at halftime. Uh, we looked at each other and said, you know, we got to know what we got to do, yeah, especially as up front in the front seven and the D-line. And we said we have to do our job. And, you know, we take a lot of pride in what we do, and especially in our run game defense. So, you know, we take that personally as a D-line. You know, Jaron yeah, mentioned that they were using a lot of different personnel groupings that you guys hadn't necessarily seen. Was that an adjustment that had to be made too? wanted to have time trying to deal with stuff that you guys weren't expecting to see? Yeah, I mean, a lot of games you end up having what we call unscouted looks, and you have to be prepared for those. So... You know, we have to make adjustments on the fly at halftime and when we have a chance to talk on the sideline. So it's definitely one of the things you can't, you know, you can't really prepare for. But when it does happen, you have to find a solution to it. Anything else? Thanks for you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. That was Boye Mafe. You want to see Blue Thunder and the Seahawks dancers perform up close or you're looking to watch all the early NFL games and see our pregame show live or Playing the new gaming zone, then Ticketmaster Tailgate in Lumenfield Event Center should be a part of your game day routine. It's open three hours before kickoff, so bring the whole family and experience the excitement. Let's go back to the podium. We got Bobby Wagner. Yeah, no, we knew that. Um, you know, if we got it going, we can get get to this guy, and he was able to kind of get it back there a little bit. Um, some of the sacks kind of changed the game, and uh, you know we just got to do it consistently and do it more. 
when Jaron was in here, he was talking about them running some different personnel groupings than what you guys had seen previously. How, how much did that bear with the running success they had early? And you guys held, them under, held Henry under three yards per carry in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, obviously, you know, they were playing for for pride. They was going to come out and throw everything at you. Um, I know a couple of the guys was hurt, so it forced them to kind of throw some different uh, personnel in there. So uh, once we got a hang of it, we felt like we did a better job. Big picture, Bobby, where do you feel like your defense is at after these last two wins? Um, you know, I feel like we're in a good good place, but we need to be better with penalties. We need to better be, uh, you know, clean up the things in the, in the run game. Um, obviously, continue the sacks. Uh, that's kind of where we're at, you know, uh, eight to seven, can't complain. After losing four in a row, what, what do you think allowed this team to, to stay in and come back the way you had the last series? Um, I think the connection of the guys, um, I think the belief of the guys that we have, the coaches that we have, um, I think that's what allowed us to, to keep our mind in it. We knew that uh, we were going to have a tough, tre- a tough stretch, but, um, you know, we control our own destiny, so we need to just take it one game at a time. What that stretch give you guys now? You think those four games and the gauntlet of the schedule, what, what's the benefit, what's the backside coming out of that, do you think, it's helpful? Um, I think the biggest thing, in my opinion, that we learned is when you play good teams like that, you can't shoot yourself in the foot. You can't have bad penalties, um, mistakes, things of that nature, because you know they will capitalize on that. And so, you know, hopefully we take that into the remainder of the season onto you know God willing playoffs. You've seen a lot of game-winning drives since you've been on this team. Gino's got four this year. Did it again today. What can you say about him and those? How he plays in those situations? It's just amazing to watch. You know, his poise, um, his ability to get it to the guys. Um, obviously, DK has some, some crucial catches, a lot always. Um, the trust and belief in those guys. Uh, but the biggest thing with Gino is just his poise. His poise to, you know, when the pocket collapse, not panic, get the ball out, put it in the playmaker's hands and, and make plays. And, and uh, you know, he did a really, really good job today. Anything else? Thanks, Bobby. Thank you. B-Wags, he had 11 tackles, one sack, and two TFLs with a quarterback hit, man. Uh, you pointed it out, Big Ray. I'm jealous of B-Wags' arms, man. When he starts <laughs> flexing after he makes a play, makes me want to get in the gym. But what you see out of the OG? No, it's, you know, Bobby, you know, has his, you know, shortcomings, if you want to call it that. He's been in the league for, what, 10, 11 years, over 100 tackles all the time in the middle, you know, you know, button heads with some big dogs and makes right. a big play. So it was good to see him filling gaps, getting in the backfield, making plays, uh, making tackles on Derrick Henry. You know, so it's just good to see. He looked like the Bobby that, that we knew from a long time ago, you know, not that he slacked off a lot, but he just looked different. Like he was in the backfield a lot, in on the action, getting in on a lot of plays. So happy for Bobby. I thought that sack that he had uh, on Tannehill was pretty cool. He, he, it was a delayed sack, right? So he, he kind of realized his, uh, his re- responsibility wasn't going out for a pass. He sat in the hole. He put his hands up when he saw Tannehill trying to uh, about to throw it and then just came at him, and Tannehill, Tannehill wanted nothing of it, just kind of curled up, and Bobby got his big arms around him. So, um, I, I mean, Bobby's one of my favorite players. He was one of my favorite teammates to ever have. I mean, the guy – has always been just such a freak athlete, and it's just it's fun to watch him keep doing this. I mean, his 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 tackles never dwindle. Every week, he's, he's double digit tackles, and just constantly just impressing. 
Say 12's Lumenfield Suites offers the perfect setting to entertain clients, host company events, and celebrate the holidays. Enjoy Seahawks football from a prime location while gathering with friends and family. Lease your 2024 full season suite today by visiting suites.seahawks.com. More to do when we get back. We'll hear from QB1. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks get a big win in Tennessee, 20-17. Geno Smith died a good game, 25-36, 227 yards, two touchdowns. Let's hear from him. Gino, you take the field for the final drive. What's going through your head? And do you even go consider the stakes and the season's ramifications and all that? Uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, just like last week, you know, I feel like Drew did a great job last week and uh, we had a chance to match it this week. And, uh, you know, as I'm going out there, you know, I'm not thinking about anything else besides the situation. Um, knowing we got four downs, uh, I think we had two or three timeouts left. Um, so we had a bunch of time, about three minutes, um, you know, thinking about the situation and, and how we can get in the end zone. I thought Shane did a great job. I thought protection held up great. Uh, obviously, receivers did a great job of getting open. And then Kobe made a heck of a catch, you know, to seal the deal right there. What can you tell us about that play? It sounds like it's, you guys have been trying to get to that for a while now. Yeah, we've been practicing it, man. I feel like we practiced it every day, you know, since the start of training camp. And, uh, you know, it's just the situation hasn't come yet. But, um, you know, at the right time, at the perfect time, uh, you know, Coach called it. And we knew exactly what we were going to do. You know, we repped it so many times. Um, Kobe knew exactly how you know, the ball was going to come. And, uh, shoot, man, strong hands, made that catch, got, got in the end zone. That was great. The, uh, the the touchdown to DK on the drive before, take us through that, kind of what you saw there and, and yeah. what your thought was on the challenge there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there was, uh, you know, obviously in those situations, a lot of teams like to double DK. Um, they were playing a bunch of 77, which is double DK or Lockett, and sometimes they would double uh, Jackson. Uh, but that one, you know, particular time was one-on-one to DK. Uh, we had a double move on. Uh, the corner was sitting off kind of inside, kind of bit on the first move. Uh, DK did a great job. He collisioned him. Um, you know, he fought through it. You know, once I saw the ball hit his hand, uh, I saw him drag his toe. You know, usually those are good, you know, when you put the ball in the area of uh, a guy like DK Metcalf. So I thought it was a great call, a uh, perfect call in the situation. Um, they didn't double him. You know, we read it right. He made a heck of a catch, and you know, that's what it was. The final drive, the, the pass to Metcalf that became the P.I., he's on the sideline previous two plays. So in the back of your mind, are you thinking he's maybe the guy I'm going to go to here? Yeah, that, uh, you know, again, these, these are all, every, every down is a new situation. That's how you got to play the game. And so um, we, had a, we had a play on where, you know, we had a post on that one, and uh, they actually went cover zero. Um, so I had to go and, and make a check at the line of scrimmage to get us into a max protect. Um, and it was cover zero, so he was one-on-one again. Um, you know, wish we'd have, you know, got the touchdown on that so, you know, he can get the touchdown. But uh, he fought through contact again. Um, the guy kind of hooked him, uh, kept preventing him from getting the ball. And, uh, you know, that was another play that helped us get down there and, and get in the scoring position. They had the number one red zone scoring defense coming into this game, and you guys had the two real close misses in the first half. Did you feel like maybe there was a little bit of a timing issue early on with missing the last couple games there? It seemed like it was just that tad late on those throws. No, they went late. Um, it was just incomplete. That's how football goes. You don't hit them all. You know, you don't hit every pass. That's just football. But, you know, I felt like, uh, you know, we did a great job of making sure we corrected those, at, uh, you know, in the second half. Um, and that's why there is two halves. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, we could always do a better job of trying to score every single time in the red zone. But, again, man, we're facing a defense that's going to try and stop us. And, um, you know, those calls, those passes were like, a, you know, an inch, you know, from being a touchdown. You know, so, um, you know, you got to kind of live with those at times. And, uh, you know, I wish I would have thrown it sooner, like you said. Um, wish I would have thrown it a little more flat ball to Jackson. 
Um, I thought I did, you know, did a pretty good job to Kobe. Um, you know, he got one foot in, wasn't able to get that second one down. But overall, um, you got to, you know, learn from those things. And I think we corrected those in the second half. Gina, you've had four, this is your fourth game winning drive of the season. I don't know if you knew that or not. But what, what can you say about your mentality and your comfort in those situations? Um, you know, it's, it's preparation. Coach prepares us for these opportunities, for these moments uh, in the VMAC. You know, every single day we go over two minute, um, a bunch of different situations and scenarios, and um, it, it helps. You know, when you get out there on the field, um, you're used to it. You know what to do. Um, guys are calm. Um, they know their assignments. And, I mean, you, you saw it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. You know, coach prepares us to be in those situations and, and to make those plays. And um, that's what we're about as Seahawks, man. We're going to fight to the finish. And if the ball's in our hands as an offense, you know, we want to make sure we close it out. Did you, you've been on a few teams now. Is that unusual, the emphasis on two minutes that Carroll does? Is it a little different? I think we do it a lot, uh, a lot more than, um, you know, a lot of teams. And, you know, guys coming from other places, they mention that. And, uh, you know, I think there's a reason why, you know, we've been able to win games. I mean, just over the course of Coach Carroll's career here, um, been able to win games late in the fourth quarter and, and those game-winning drives. So um, that speaks volumes to the preparation and the coaching. And, uh, you know, the players all obviously got to go execute, but, you know, it feels like we've been in those situations a million times. We see teams around the league where there's a clear-cut number one receiver gets the dominant share of the targets. As a quarterback, what does it do for you when you've got Jackson, Tyler, DK, all those guys that you go through any time? I think it's big, um, you know, and you can add the tight ends and the running backs in that as well. I think it's huge for us as an offense to not be one-dimensional in any area, any aspect. And, um, you know, obviously we got a guy like DK Metcalf who's going to draw so much attention. Um, he's a true alpha, true number one. Um, they, every single team has a plan for him. They're going to try and double him. Um, and I love the patience that he shows, you know, knowing that, you know, Jackson's going to have to get some targets, you know, uh, Tyler's going to have to get some, some of those targets and the tight ends as well because um, he opens up the game for those guys. You know, when they're doubling him, that's, a, you know, one less guy in coverage on the other side. So um, when you got guys like that, uh, all those guys can make plays. You just drop back, read the field, you know, throw to the open guy. And uh, that's, that's the special part of this offense. With Jackson in particular, he had the game-winning touchdown last week, and then this week that third and fourteen play for him to come up, step up big there, get that eighteen-yard catch. What are you seeing from him with this emergence here in the second half? I think he's getting better every single week, man. Um, uh, and I love the way that he's preparing in practice. You know, he's working extremely hard in practice. He's getting better every single day in practice. Um, he's he's really getting more comfortable in the offense. Um, just learning his assignments. Uh, the routes, the depths, all the things that we talk about, you know, him being great at. And obviously he's a natural receiver when it comes to catching the football and making plays. But, you know, I think the way that those guys are feeding off one another, um, the way that, you know, each guy steps up in different areas uh, just makes our offense that much better. How are, how are you doing physically? I'm okay. Got to get better. But um, a lot better than, you know, a few weeks ago. Look like you, there was one play you kind of came up slow. I mean, today. Was... Yeah, yeah, it was just uh, football, man. You know, we're going to get some bumps and bruises. got to keep fighting. Big picture, you guys lose four in a row, now you've won two in a row, you're controlling your own destiny for the playoffs. Just how you feeling about where this team's at? You know, I think we just got to take it one game at a time, one practice at a time. Uh, I love being around these guys. You know, I feel like I never want this stuff to end. And, um, you know, I know that we understand what's at stake, but we also know that, you know, we have to go and handle our business. Our business. So um, just one practice at a time, one game at a time, one rep at a time. That's all we can do is control that and, uh, you know, just continue to fight to the end. What's this last week been like for you, Gino? The kind of roller coaster of Monday night, and then you lead a you know game-winning drive today to get your second straight win. 
Uh, shoot, man, it's a typical week uh, in the life of a quarterback, NFL quarterback. And, uh, you know, I'm just appreciative of uh, this team, um, this organization, all my teammates, um, you know, all the fans, everybody. Uh, you know, it's, it's a great place. I think, you know, guys do things the right way around here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been great. You know, I'm, I'm a part of this team. Uh, everyone's got each other's back, and uh, that's the special part about it. Thanks, Gino. Happy holidays. Thank you. Merry Christmas. All right, that was Geno Smith. Had himself a day 25 of 36, 227 yards and two touchdowns. Our quarterback review was brought to you by T-Mobile, exclusive wireless partner of the Seattle Seahawks. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seahawks football all season long on KIRO Seattle. KIRO FM HD2 Tacoma, Seattle. Back to the podium we go. We got Tyler Lockett. Uh, I don't know. I really don't. My wife picked it up. Say your wife picked it up? Yeah. Hawks win, baby. Let's go. What the? What resolve do you guys think you have now after that gauntlet of the schedule you played through? Man, I think, you know, um, when you look at the gauntlet of the schedule that we had these last previous games, I think it really showed us who we were. Um, even though we were losing, I felt like, and the coaches would say it, it's hard to believe it when you're losing, but we were actually getting better. Um, learning how to be able to play championship football, learning how to be able to get multiple first downs, even if the drive isn't as successful as you want, but not being able to go three and out, not putting yourself in a hole. And I think it taught us how to be triumphant at the end, how to be able to win games on last minute drives, stuff like that, even though we could still take care of business earlier in the game. Gino leading the, the game winning touchdown drive, what's he like in the huddle in those situations? Uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing about Gino is he's super calm. Like, he's not going to panic, and he's reading his keys. He's doing everything right, going through his reads, and he trusts every single person that's out there. I mean, when you watch us and we're running routes, I mean, he's literally putting the ball exactly where, as a receiver, you would want it to be, and everybody's making big-time catches, allowing us to be able to move the sticks. And when teams are trying to take away certain players, other players got to be able to step up, and each and every time we have a chance to do that, it only makes our offense grow, and it makes our offense a lot more better. You mentioned other players stepping up. Obviously, Lafayette is always on the receiver. Colby come through. Oh, big time play by Kobe, man. Um, you know that's just something that we're on the other side, so we don't really get to see it as much. But just being able to see him come down with that catch, great placement, great focus. Um, and great being able to bring that ball all the way down as he hit the ground because nowadays you got to be able to control it instead of just having both of those feet down. And so big-time moment, um, super great, super happy for Kobe, and that was a big-time uh, moment for us as a team as well. Gino was just talking about the growth of Jackson, how he's getting better every week. He has that big third and 14 catch today. Yeah. Uh, what are you seeing specifically from the receiver position that has really changed for him the last few weeks? Man, I just think he's kind of getting the feel of our offense. Um, he's super dynamic, and you can tell the way that he makes certain cuts, the way that he's running his routes. He's finding the open areas, the open zones, um, able to get open and man, making big-time catches. And, you know, it's only a matter of time before we start to see what he can do with the ball as soon as he gets a little bit more space where he can maneuver around people and really go to distance. And, you know, just super happy for him, man. It's watching him come in as a rookie, being able to get his opportunities, being able to make big-time plays, helping us win these games, 
And, I mean, he's really coming through, especially when we need him most. Did it, did it feel like a roller coaster? I mean, you guys go down to score on the one to DK, then they come down and come down to score, and you guys kind of have to go back out there and do it again to, to win all that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's football. Um, I mean, the biggest thing was, I mean, I think that was a big-time drive for us because the season's on the line. And you got to be able to try to win out all these games if you want to be able to go to the playoffs. And, you know, the Titans did a great job driving all the way down, controlling the play clock, being able to score. And I think Shane did a great job just allowing to put the game in Geno's hands, being able to call great plays. He had a feel of what they were doing on defense, was calling great plays, getting guys open, big big guys, I mean, big time guys making big time plays, and just being able to score that touchdown. And then it's big for the defense. Two to be able to stop them, even though the Titans had one timeout on a 50-yard line. A lot of a lot of things can happen, and they did a great job just being able to put pressure on that quarterback and get some sacks. Anything else? Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guys. All right, that was Tyler Lockett, Mister Consistency himself. He had eight catches for 81 yards, along of 21. It seemed like whenever you needed a big third-down catch, B. Walt um, 16 was there for you. Yeah, I mean he's your he's your go-to guy. I mean, yeah, he catches 81 yards as you said. And I thought really the whole receiving uh, core played an outstanding game. You know, when their number was called, every one of them um, uh, stepped up. You know, like like they mentioned, the JSN's big third down. Tyler Lockett was just you know if you need that that five to ten yards, I mean. Put it on Tyler Lockett. He's going to get it. He's going to get open. He's going to make that little sideline catch. He's going to find a way to get his feet in bounds, as he always does. And he's going to find a way to get down and be Mr. Reliable and, and be able to be on the field because that's uh, what he does. So I think the the wide receivers are just are, – are, are maturing before our eyes you know there's the way they've it doesn't matter who's called upon they're all making plays because then you saw dk on the the second to last drive of the game that was 92 96 yards sorry um he had the big slant route um that we saw that was big on third down and then the big touchdown and then the next one dk wasn't really relied upon on the last one but then tyler Lockett had three catches jsn had three catches on the final drive so just just the way these receivers are, are, are coming in and and Really, just distributing the ball to each other, or you know, they're each contributing. In some yeah, way. I, I, I like the you know the last you know DK last week you know was coming came up big you know with the with those three catches in, in that final drive, and then you know today it just didn't seem like anything was happening, just kind of like you know fumbling along, playing the game, and then all of a sudden when when the big moments came, all three of those dudes you know came to life and uh, made some plays. And the other thing too that I just wanted to recognize and what we've heard from the guys at the podium right now is it would be easy to be super excited about this win and over the top, you know, talking about, you know, how big it was. But I think it's important that they keep it all in perspective too. You know, like, hey, it's just like Gino said, it's just one game at a time. All you can control is one game, one play, you know, uh, you know, one drive at a time. And because if you start getting ahead of yourself and you put too much emphasis on like how great a win this was you probably get yourself out of focus for the next one you know and so I think that's a Pete Carroll thing too so I think it's pretty cool the way they as as big a game as it is obviously because it keeps them in the playoff you know hunt and they won the game they still kind of keep it in perspective and I, I think that's important whether and that's what I like about this team win lose or draw like they they keep it in perspective and that's a good thing it was a business trip yes sir they closed the deal Got the account. Move headed on back to the home. next one. <laughs> Let's go. All right. We're not done. More to do when we get back. We'll hear from Derek Hall with Jim Mueller. That is next. Seahawks win a close one, 20 to 17 in Tennessee. Seahawks win again. Back to back weeks. Thrillers. Last second drives, 20 to 17 down in Tennessee. Let's hear from Derek Hall. He's standing by with Jim Mueller. 
Derek, we spent so much of the week talking about Derek Henry, but that one-two punch they have with Spears in there, how does that help keep them balanced and you guys off balance? Uh, I think just the two different style of runners that they are, um, you know, Derek's a very, very hard down, downhill back, and then you got the acrobatic guy with Spears who comes in, you know, can, can get off the edge, can still beat you with the one cut. You know, he's, he reminds me a lot of K-9 uh, in, in the way that he runs the ball, you know, hard, physical, and, and, and can jump cut you and make you miss. So I think the one-two punch with that was, was really, really good for them. And, you know, for us, it's, it's just trying to tackle the ball, you know. Do the thing that, that we have to do up front, and, you know, early in the game, we weren't very physical, but as the game went on, we started to settle down. Yeah, what do you attribute that to? I mean, I know that the, the energy level Level just across the stadium wasn't as high today, but what do you attribute kind of that first half to? Um, you know, I think he's really trying to get comfortable and settle down. Uh, you know, re really trying to figure out what they going, what they have going on, and trying to use that to the best of our advantage. So, uh, you know, just really trying to take that coming in at halftime, making corrections that we need to make and going out and putting that second half together was huge. I think you and Boye teamed up for a couple of big stops there, but his sack at the end of the game to help yeah. to seal that up. You knew that he could do it. What was the key to getting to Tannehill, though? Just continue to rush, continue to rush, and just continue to rush. I mean, that's literally the motto. Um, you know, you can't give up. We knew that coming in that, that, that Will wasn't going to play. And, you know, when they put Ryan back there, we knew the kind of the play style that he was. We knew he had the possibility to run around a little bit. But, you know, it, it, it wasn't as much as Will. So really just trying to go out and, you know, make it happen. And Boye, obviously being Boye, man, I'm, I'm excited for that guy. He definitely deserves it. The offense gets the ball back with just a little bit over three minutes to go. After what happened last week, how much confidence does the entire team have in the ability to deliver in those moments? Oh, big time confidence. Uh, you know, I looked at Boyard like, here we go again, we're going to win it. And it came down to the last minute. I'm like, we've been here before. And sure enough, we drive right down the field. G does a great job, great ball. And, you know, Kobe's been strong, and other guys just grabbed it and holds on to it. And there it is, Seahawks win. And your fellow rookie, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, with a big catch. What have you seen from him just all year long? Just continue to grow. You know, coming in, uh, you know, things weren't really going the way that he wanted to. And, you know, dealing with injuries and different things like that. And once he got the groove, I knew Jackson was going to take that next step and stride. So, man, at the rookie class, we're just trying to continue to get better every day, come in and just take that next step and, you know, take over this franchise. With DK Metcalf, he's a super athletic guy. But did you expect him to hurdle an opponent in the first court? Seen it before. <laughs> Seen it before I even got here. Uh, you know, he's made Sports Center, all these freaking top crazy stuff a, a, a lot of the time, even when I was in college. So it's expected DK Metcalf. He's one of a kind. Lastly, this is a critical part of the season, and it's your first time experiencing this. How would you sum up where this team is at right now? Special. Um, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of hills, a lot of valleys. But, you know, we're peaking at the right time. You're supposed to peak around this time of year, you know, in whatever asset you're doing, whether that be sports or anything. So, um, you know, we're, we're peaking at the right time and we're taking one game at a time, one step at a time. So I'm just riding away. You know, as, as a rookie, I'm still learning to figure it out. So I'm just following the vets. You know, yeah, that's always a good plan bump as we get that back to you. Thank you, Jen. That was Derek Hall. Had himself a, a good game. It's been a while since we've seen Derek Hall flash a little bit. Um, he had a TFL today. And uh, thankfully, you're not relying on young guys like Derek Hall to make plays. So when they do make plays, um, it's impactful. So uh, what you what have you seen? Not even just today, because right. um, I think it's important that people understand that this man's a rookie and they're going to have, uh, you know, those peaks and valleys or whatnot. So overall, what did you see out of Derek Hall um, throughout the, the year and, and today? Well, I think he's still learning, you know, like he, he just probably the last two or three weeks, he's been getting more reps, you know, up until that it was real spotty. And it's kind of, you know, it's in, like any other position, it's hard to just learn in practice. Like, you know, yeah. you got to get out there in the game and, and, and like 
understand how it, how you fit in and how your skills work and all that kind of stuff. But to me, he's a a little more physical, stronger uh, boy Mafe. He's he's just a little bit more violent with his hands and things. So it's just it's going to come down to him kind of developing some skills and techniques on rushing the quarterback. In college, he was more of just a power rusher. He didn't really have moves. He just kind of overpowered people, and that's not going to happen much with his size in the NFL. So to me, it's just a matter of getting more reps. And then I think he's just going to be a constant piece of that rotation on the outside linebacker, defensive end, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, he made a big impact on the the tackle for loss he had. That was a little misdirection, uh, I think an inside handoff that mm-hmm. um, uh, Tennessee ran and, and Derek Hall ran right into it. Like he was, he was ready for it or caught him off guard. I don't know, but it was a big play there. You know, it was a, it was a, a big loss that Tennessee looked like they had something developing if he wasn't in that spot. But, uh, but you know, as as a rookie, it, the season's long, and this yeah. is kind of where you start to go, okay, wow, like I've never, um, you know, had to play this many games back to back to back. So many, so much importance, just like that. So, um, for him to just be out there, all, all rookies, I mean, it's a big plus, and I think you'll continue to see him. I mean, throughout the years, as as a big time contributor. Yeah, so, sometimes I, th- I think it's hard too when you come in, like even if you play in the SEC, you know, the talent gap is a lot closer when you get to the NFL. Like that was one of the first things that I had to learn. Is uh, I remember playing against the Rams my my rookie year. I can't Bill Edwards or something was a defensive end. I'm like, I never even heard of this dude, so he must not be any good. He was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, everyone's pretty good. So you don't really have the big gaps you have in college. So that's a little bit of an adjustment, too. Yeah, man. He's uh he's getting his feet wet. Yeah. And, and you know what? If he can make three or four more plays like that throughout the season, I think uh, he'll job. be good to go. All right, more to do when we get back. We'll hear from Mario Edwards and Quandre Diggs, both with Jim Mueller. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. You are listening to the Seahawks Post Game Show. We got more interviews for you. Here's one. Mario Edwards and Quandre Diggs, both with Jim Mueller now. Well, it's a twofer. We do not usually talk to two guys at the same time. Mario Edwards gets to the quarterback, and Quandre Diggs actually gets credit from Colby Parkinson for the game-winning touchdown. We'll get to that in just a second. Mario, you knew that there was going to be some opportunity against the offensive line, but what did it take to get to Tannehill? Uh, just being persistent. You know, they told us that we got to rush, collapse the pocket, and so that's what we did. We, we put pressure on him and tried to close the pocket knowing that he would step up, so that's what we do. How much different did that game plan look with him out there as compared to Levis? Um, I mean, it's more they can run their offense. Uh, Levinson is young. Uh, they were more comfortable with Tannehill being in, being the quarterback before, but it was pretty good. So, Quandre, why did it seem like it just took a while for everybody to settle in and, and to find a rhythm today? Um, I don't know. That's a great question. I think, um, you know, when you come out, you kind of had these early games, West Coast, I mean, East Coast trip for us. So it's a little bit early. So um, for us, I just think it took us a little bit of time to gel. But when we did, you know, that's that's a team that we can beat. So it's always fun when, you know, the big guys up front eating. And then, you know, you have us the middle. You have Bobby and, you know, Bush and JB working. And then you got the little guys making plays. So, I mean, it's awesome. You guys are all big guys to me. I would never call you little. How close were you to a pick on the first play of the game? Man, I was so close. But Mike Jack, he hating on me. I think that <laughs> Mike Jack. I had to hit D-hop so hard and it messed it up, you know, but um, I think I'd probably set the record for most most interceptions on the first play of the game if I'd have caught that one, but it is what it is. Okay, but you do get credit from Colby Parkinson for helping him to perfect that route and that play. What, you said you practice it every day. Why do you get credit for that? I mean, because, I mean, for me, with Cole, me and Cole, we work each other in one-on-ones every day, and 
I always tell him like, you know, certain tips that I've learned over the years and like what I do and how I would play it. But he's just a big body guy. And I just told him, you know, kind of make it discreet where you get a little push, roll his hands out there. His, his wingspan is so long. He's so tall. It's a lot of surface area. So it's, it's really easy for him to go make those plays. And it's hard for defenders to get around his body. So uh, we literally worked that every one-on-one for the last eight weeks. So it's been dope. That is a very cool payoff today. You would not be in that position if you were not able to slow down Derrick Henry. Look, he is always a load and always a beast. But what was the key to making him work for some of those yards today? Uh, make him start his feet twice. If we could stop him before he gets to the second level, then we could stop him from getting ahead of steam. So we just tried to clog up the lanes and keep him from getting to the second level or the third level. And the challenge, though, of having a guy like Spears come in after him, totally different running styles. How do you adjust to that? Uh, we kind of knew that it was going to be a two-headed monster. We knew we were going to have a power back and more of a scat back. So we just knew when he was in, it was more, what kind of plays they were running. When Derek was in, they were trying to run the ball heavy. You guys have been around football. You've been around a lot of games. Where is this team at with just a couple to play? Just overall, and I'm thinking more of um, just, just vibe, what you guys have learned. I mean, I think just the, the adversity that we've been through, you know, I mean, it's helped us build to be a stronger team. It's made our relationships a lot closer. And um, for us, we just want to continue to strive and uh, continue to get better. And we know we got to do the work and get better. And um, I just think it's, it's been dope, you know, to see us lose. And it sucks that we lost four in a row, but for us to come through and battle back the way we battle has been cool. Mario, how have you seen guys who've gone through the fire and responded in the last couple of weeks? It's been great, man. It's crazy that, like he said, we lost the four. And even though we won today or been winning lately like we still haven't played our best ball I feel collectively of just playing sound from the beginning to the end so I think that now we're starting to gel a little bit more click a little bit more and we'll start doing that a little bit faster all right there you go Mario Edwards Quandre Diggs bump we'll get that back to you thanks Jen Diggs had a pass defended and he had Mario Edwards with his second sack of the year um, always good when you got the back end taking care of business in the front end taking care of business now can't ignore that Derrick Henry had himself a better day when you compare it to the last couple of weeks. Been bottled up for about 43 yards on the ground in two games. This game, 19 carries for 88 yards and one touchdown, but only a long of 12. No signature runs from Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, and he, I think he only had maybe 30-some yards in the second half. I think he had 58 yards at halftime. So uh, they did a pretty good job of uh, of locking him down uh, in, the, in the second half. And, and, you know, this dude is a – He's a tough tackle, dude. <laughs> like it's like you know, he might be losing a little a step to it here or there, but like the dude is still quick. He's still powerful. He's still fast. It's hard to tackle. So uh, you know, you got to give the, the defense a little credit of like kind of bottling him up and keeping him you know in, contained in the second half to be able to allow this team to stay in it. Because if he had gotten loose in the second half, like he can and has done over the course of his career, it could have been a long game, uh, a long second half for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked to um, the Titans play-by-play guy right. uh, pregame, and he mentioned how, you know, if Derrick Henry gets going, you know, 8, 9, 10 double-digit carries in the first half for 40 yards, then watch out for him in the second half because mm-hmm. he wears teams down. That's when he breaks out. But the Seahawks actually, you know, approved that wrong tonight, which was which was great, you know, only averaging under th- three yards a carry in the second half. So, um, you know, and uh, Quandre was uh, was part of that. Uh, you know, it's it's hard for a little guy, not a little, he's not a little guy, but compared to Derrick Henry, everyone's a little guy, uh, you know, to step up and fill some of those holes when you got that running back coming at you like that. But they were able to limit him to a long of 12 yards, which is uh, which is hats off to that secondary. 
Man, we talk about bend, don't break defenses. I think this whole team at this moment is a bend, <laughs> but don't break team. All right, man. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about who the player of the game is, who deserves some love. The guys, Big Ray Roberts and Brian Walters, will break that down for you. That is next. Seahawks win in Tennessee 20 to 17. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts and Brian Walters. The Seahawks win 20 to 17 and improve to 8 and 7. They are now in the seventh seed when it comes to the playoffs. But as time now for the player of the game is brought to you by Kia Telluride X Pro. Kia, official partner of the Seattle Seahawks. Player of the game. I think last week, did we all settle on Drew Locke? I know Drew Locke might have been in the mix, but did we settle? What would we do, B? Remember? I don't remember. I, I don't think I picked him. I think, I think I it was deep. DK. I went Julian Love. Julian Love, yes. Julian, Julian Love. Love. I believe there was a DK in there as well. But we, we stayed away from the quarterback. Not saying you should go to the quarterback. That's just the first thing that pops into my head. But you guys got some options for sure. This defense stepped up late in the game when you needed them to. They made some plays. So uh, tell me what's on your mind. You ready, B? You got one? I'm ready. I'm ready for this. Right. Uh, I'm going to stick with the defensive side of the ball. I thought they played great today. Um, and it's not often that my key hawk can also be – most uh, the player of the game as well, so I'm going Boye Mafe. You called um, it. The thing, the thing I really like, yeah, he had two sacks, six tack. We, we haven't seen a lot from him the last few weeks, mm-hmm. but what I like today is there was one play in particular that he stood up Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry looked like he was about to get the first down, and then you saw Boye kind of get in there, and Derrick Henry just stood straight up, and, and he knocked him backwards, and I think that was uh, pretty fun. And, you know, he, uh, he was on the edge all day long, and uh, I thought he had a great game, good, great comeback game, maybe get his conf- confidence back going into the last two, two games of the season. I and, like that. And I'm just going to pick a different player out of just pure jealousy. Because <laughs> I want to pick Boye Mafe because he did, you know, have a great game and he and he, he kind of you know broke out of the slump that he was in, but uh, but then you know B Walt also picked him as his keyhole. So the, like I don't, I don't want him to have the like the trifecta. Like that. <laughs> Come on, you know big right? <laughs> but but you know I I like the way DK played t- today. I also like you know I like the way all the receivers lock it down the stretch there, uh, keeping the drive alive. Mm-hmm. Gino coming off the you know injury and bench and. You're doing his thing, uh, but I'm gonna give it to the old man, Bobby Wagner. Bobby, Bobby has some right. nice tackles on Derrick Henry. He had 11 total uh, tackles, eight solos, and he had a sack, and then two tackles for losses. You know, and so I know, you know, some people, you know, will question where he gets his tackles a lot. Uh, but today he got two two tackles for losses in the sack, so he's in the backfield a lot. So I'm gonna roll with Bobby Wagner today. B Wags to OG. All right, so I got to be the tiebreaker. Yes, sir. And unfortunately, Big Ray, he's going with the trifecta. He's going to get it. Today is Bing, 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 day. Boye Mafe had himself a day, man. Two sacks, four quarterback hits. And again, guys like him need to flash a bit more for this team to yes. have a chance down the stretch. He now has nine sacks on the season, and that leads this ball club. Last year, you had two guys at nine and a half sacks, Lieutenant Nwosu and Daryl Taylor. Let's see if Boye Mafe can pass them up. Say 12s, now it's your chance to weigh in. Follow the Seahawks on Twitter and Instagram to vote for Kia's electric player of the game. When we return, we will give you an opponent's preview. That is next right here on the Seahawks Radio Network. Parkinson on the left. Gino looks that way, throws back shoulder. Parkinson has the catch. Touchdown, Seahawks. The Seahawks line up all three of their star wideouts to the right. They throw backside to Parkinson. A perfect back shoulder throw by Gino, and the Seahawks go up 19 to 17 with 57 seconds left 
awaiting the PAT. What a great call and a great throw by Gino. The Call of the Game is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking call Beacon. That was Kobe Parkinson. The biggest play of the game for the Hawks. That uh, sealed the deal right there for the win. Putting them up 20-17. to 17. But uh, next week, we're already turning the page, fellas. You got the Pittsburgh Steelers making their way to the Pacific Northwest. They got a win the other day, 34-11. to 11. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals. New quarterback under center, you got Mason Rudolph. He was 17-27, 290, and two touchdowns. But the story of the game was George Pickens. Four receptions, 195 yards with a 48.8 average, <laughs> B-Weezy. Two touchdowns. Goodness gracious, I ain't had a stat line like that since Culver City High School on a Friday night, dog. Hey, if I had a stat line like that, I wouldn't block either if I was there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, good comeback game for him. And obviously, Mason Rudolph stepped in as quarterback. They, they went on a three-game losing streak with Mitchell Trubisky, who filled in for Kenny Pickett. And uh, that wasn't doing it for Mike Tomlin. Um, he didn't want that because they lost to Arizona, New England, and then Indianapolis. So the Arizona-New England losses are, are, are looking pretty bad right now because they're still in the hunt, the Steelers are. They're 8-7 they're and seven, uh, on the outside side looking in right now um but a big win against seattle puts them puts them right there um and so it it's a tough game and last week they are not last week but against the the Bengals. when when did they play thursday is that yeah. when they played Thursday? Yeah. Um, you know, they got their running game going as well. Najee Harris, who's been pretty quiet all season long, um, he went off he, back to his normal self. And, it, again, it's going to be that a one-two punch, just like we saw today with their running backs, that I think will be the big key to stopping this team because Najee Harris is kind of that powerful guy. Not quite Derrick Henry powerful, mm-hmm. but but like that. And then Jalen Warren's that elusive out of the backfield, um, you know, catching swing passes, getting him on the edge kind of guy. So it's going to be another task for the defense to, to stop the run. Correction, it, they, played, they played Saturday. Not Thursday. Saturday. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, that'll be your second Alabama running back that you're going to have to uh, slow down mm-hmm. uh, this week. The thing that's interesting is how similar the both teams are. Like, this, the even the talk around both teams. You've been hearing all this talk here in Seattle about, hey, maybe Pete lost the locker room and maybe this is his last year here and maybe they're not going to make the playoffs. You got to win that. The same conversations are happening in Pittsburgh. Right. People are saying, like, maybe Tomlin's tenure has just, not that he's not a good coach anymore, but maybe that voice just isn't carrying the room anymore in Pittsburgh, and maybe you know he needs to go somewhere else, like uh, like you know Andy Reid did, and and win there. Quarterback situation, like all this other kind of stuff going on, the issue with the uh, with George Pickens and all that stuff, and then all of a sudden they rally around each other or the coach or they avoid the noise and they come out and play, play like game busters against the Cincinnati Bengals. So a game that looked like it might have been a tough game but a winnable game is a, is a tougher game and yeah. a tougher two-win game uh, coming up on Sunday. It's funny you say that, Big Ray. I was going to mention that. So the Steelers, just like the Seahawks, were 6-3 and three, and they went on this this – they lost four out of six games, mm-hmm. right? Just like the Seahawks did. Now, I would say that the caliber of teams that they played was not right. nearly as good as what the Seahawks played. Those losses that they had looked pretty bad, but it's ex- the exact same path to get to eight and seven as the Seahawks. So very, very similar paths. You got the OGs at the head coaching spot. Um, quarterback situation isn't solidified over there. A bit different over here. Geno's the guy for the foreseeable future. Um, young receivers over there. Yeah, this is going to be a battle. And uh, also, Pittsburgh, they're trying to avoid the first losing season under Tomlin as well. They're 8-7. and seven. They play the Seahawks next week. And then they got the Baltimore Ravens after that. So, they're looking at this game and saying, we, we got to win this one. So, uh, yeah, it should be interesting, man. Uh, Pittsburgh team, they're always going to be well coached. And you never really know. I just hope George Pickens um, is, is going to come in here 
uh, not focused, lazy, not blocking. <laughs> <laughs> Just make it, make it easier on us on this side, man. Today's final score, Seahawks 20, Titans 17. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders. Studio coordinator is Max Strobel and Nathan Gimmett. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is NASA Chobie. The Seahawks return home to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers on New Year's Eve. Pre-game coverage begins at 11 a.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of Hawk Talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Ray Roberts and Brian Walters, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks win 20-17 over the Titans. Talk to you guys next week. Merry Christmas. This is, is Hawk Talk Postgame, a joint presentation of Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM and Seattle Sports. Brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino, Top Fitness, and your local carrier heating and air conditioning dealer. Welcome to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts and Brian Walters. The Seahawks get a much-needed win, 20-17 to in Tennessee. They improved to 8-7 and and now are in the seventh seed when it comes to the playoffs. Man, it was a game. It was a tale of two halves, right? First half, nothing really gets going. The game isn't boring. It's boring for the Seahawks, I guess. If you're a Titans fan, you're okay. You see Derrick Henry get off to a great start. Um, two games prior to this game, he struggled a bit, still scored a couple of touchdowns. But um, it was a good sight for Titans fans to see the run game get going. What I appreciated about the defense, even though the run game got going early, they were flying around and smacking dudes, man. Quandre Diggs was getting downhill. I believe the very first pass of the game, he gets downhill and he makes a big play. Geno Smith was 20 of 36 for 227 yards and two touchdowns. Kenneth Walker rushed the ball 16 times for 54 yards. Run game didn't really get going overall. The Hawks were 20 of uh, 20 carries with 58 yards. When it comes to the pass catchers, Tyler Lockett, 8 for 81. Jackson Smith and Jigga and Jigba Jigga. Remember Jigga? Jay-Z Jigga? We used to call him Jigga back in the day. <laughs> Justin Smith and Jigba. Six receptions for 61 yards. DK four for 56. Bobby Wagner on the defensive side had 11 tackles, one sack, one TFL. Quarterback hit as well. Boye Mafe got going once again. He had two sacks, two TFLs, and four quarterback hits. That's the game pretty much when it comes to the numbers. Each team had seven drives. Man, that is weird. I don't think I've seen a game that I can remember where teams didn't have at least 10, 11, 12 opportunities um, to uh, to score the Rock. So, um, overall, guys, what do you think about the game? Yeah, I, you know, I thought they, you know, it was a scripted Seattle, typical Seattle game where it looks like they're not playing so well. Things aren't going quite right. The defense makes some plays, but then they give up plays. The offense makes some plays, but then there's plays that they leave on the field. And then somehow at the end of the game, you got to go 80 yards to win the game, and they do it. And so uh, the the cool thing is that they're at this stage in the season now and where they are, where it's just survive in advance. It doesn't have to look pretty. It doesn't have to be done perfectly. Everything doesn't have to be clicking. The thing that has to happen is that you have one more point than they have when the clock hit, you know, triple zeros. And so they were able to do that. So was the day a beautiful game? Was it complimentary football all the way around? No, it wasn't. But they made just enough plays. They slowed down, you know, Derrick Henry just enough. And then, at like we said, down the stretch, those three receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Tyler Lockett and, and uh, DK, came to life and made some big plays on that last drive to get, them into, to get us into the end zone and win the football game. So like Pete Carroll says – Win it in the freaking fourth quarter. There we go. And so 
offensively, I, I thought Geno Smith uh, really settled into his element in the second half. I, I thought the first half he was a little uh, he wasn't making throws that we've seen him make in in the past. You know, he was kind of um, you know throwing a couple out of the back of the end zone. He overthrew Tyler Lockett, and and you're kind of like, well, you know, I hope he he settles down here. But when you when you look at it. You know, they only had seven drives. They scored on four out of the seven drives that they had today. So then you can look at it that way and be like, well, you know, that, that, that's pretty good numbers. You would take that every single game for a percentage of time that you you score um, offensively. And, and defensively, uh, Bump mentioned it in the intro here that, you know, I thought they were flying around. You, you saw Quandre Diggs make some big hits. You saw Reek Woolen in the end there, that last play to be able to hit, hit the, the receiver backwards and keep the clock running. So he, he goes out of bounds backwards. So clock ticks and they weren't able to get another play. I mean, that's a big hit. And Pete Carroll mentioned his press conference as well. Uh, Boye Mafe stood up Derek Henry. So, uh, you know, usually you see Derek Henry get better as the game goes on because he wears you down. He's a big guy and he's going to he's going to become harder and harder to tackle. But the Seahawks got better on Derrick Henry as the game went on. You know, he was, you know, 50 some yards in the first half to to uh, under three yards a carry in the second half and about 30 yards or so. So that was really cool to see the defense step up and make the halftime uh, adjustments. Also saw Geno get better as the game went along too, right? Mm-hmm. Started off kind of slow. I think you guys mentioned that the football wasn't releasing off of his fingertips the way that it used to, right? Had a little wobble to it, not the same velocity. Maybe that's just sitting out a couple weeks. Maybe it's growing. Who knows? But as the game progressed, it seemed like he got better and he saved his best for last. Um, The receivers were on point today, man. JSN passed Steve Largen and John Carlson for the third place when it comes to receptions by a rookie in franchise history. With 59, he's standing by with Jen Mueller. Jackson, you guys gave us, you gave us quite a scare. Is your knee okay? What happened on that play? Yeah, just weird. I haven't seen the film, but I'm sure it looks kind of awkward, but I don't know. I, I just banged my knee on the concrete pretty hard. I was pretty upset about it. How close were you to making that catch in bounds? I honestly didn't know what happened. I knew I caught it and I tried to, uh, you know, kind of delay some time and, and keep my feet in there. But after I caught it, I really didn't know what happened besides my knee. But <laughs> Please straight though. We have seen you make some big catches already this year. The one that you made on the final drive doesn't even feel like a big play anymore because of how many of these games you played in and catches you've made. I just think you know where my mindset is at, and you know what the coaches push a lot is just you know it's the next play, and you know that's the next ball that was thrown to me. So I just try to catch it, and you know it's in a big time moment. So you know I was just happy to come through for my team. Um, I thought, you know, we executed very well in the two minute once again. And, and um, yeah, just a great, great, great win. So um, looking forward to next week. You have seen that play with Colby Parkinson a number of times in practice. Yeah. When that gets called in the huddle, how confident were you that that was the right moment and he was going to make that catch? I mean, I was confident. I was definitely confident uh, that we were going to score. And, um, you know, definitely happy to see Colby, you know, come down with that touchdown. You know, uh, you know I love moments like that. And uh, just as much as I love it last week, you know, so, you know, it, it's great for it's great for us. It took the offense a little bit to get going. You knew that Tennessee was going to throw some multiple looks at you on defense. Was it different than what you guys expected? I don't think so. Um, you know, it was a little different, but, you know, it's all about, you know, adapting and figuring it out. And I, I feel like we did that. We could have did that a little faster today, but, you know, we ended up, you know, figuring it out. So. Um, back, back to the drawing boards, back to the meetings and, you know, figuring out and, 
you know, getting ready for the Steelers next week. Yeah, but Bump, I think it's going to be a very happy flight home, a little celebration and a Christmas present. We'll get that back to you. Thanks, Jen. Appreciate that. Um, With this game, Jackson is officially over 600 yards receiving on the year. Um, exceeding my expectations. Again, I had him around 450, maybe 500 yards, a few touchdowns. But as the season goes along, B. Walt, we're seeing this young man continue to make plays consistently. If you look at his game log, I mean, you got six catches, four, four, seven. The last month of football for this young man, you've really seen him kind of blossom. You have. And and what it's it's about the opportunity as well. Early in the season, I felt like the opportunities for him weren't there. And, and, and some of these plays were, were little screen plays to him or little just two-yard plays kind of getting him going that way. But now you see him using him downfield. Then And then they set up like the, the short uh, plays for him, let him. And then next, um, you know, what I loved about Tyler Lockett talking about uh, JSN in his uh, press conference interviews, just wait till you see this guy. Um, get in the open field. And we haven't really seen that from him yet, right? So so there's just so much that JSN has to offer and and he's just becoming better and better. And and this whole the 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 three wide receivers have been just so solid. What what I loved about today was, you know, that the second to last drive of the game was a touchdown drive. But that was DK led. You know, he had the big slant, then he had the big touchdown. And then the final drive, I mean, that was Tyler Lockett and JSN. They both had three catches on that drive and and DK drew the pass interference. But these guys just uh, there's so there's so many there's different weapons everywhere you go when it comes to the wide receiver room and it's just fun to watch them all uh, come together at once. Yeah, the thing I like about JSN is just you can see the maturation just from the preseason until now. And then you know he had to kind of overcome the whole Bobo mania at at first. You know he Bobo was getting like all the the hmm. the, the juice and the the the, the plays and touchdowns and all this other kind of it seemed like if if JSN did something Bobo would do something greater. And so I'm sure that was impacting his, you know, confidence and just, you know, how he thought he was going to fit in with the team. You know, and to then bounce back from all of that to then really truly be, you know, a major player uh, you know, in in this offense to the point where, you know, he has two touchdowns that won games. He's made some big catches to convert, you know, first downs and keep the drives alive. So, I mean, I think it's a big ups, big ups to him, but then also to Geno, to DK, to Tyler, because you know they're in his ear in the, in the meeting rooms and in the locker room trying to keep his spirits up and keep his motivation going and stuff like that. So just to me, I don't know that people – when well, when you're outside of the game and you're a viewer, you know, a fan of the game – you just, sometimes you just don't understand how hard it is mm. to be successful in this game. It's hard to be good at what you do in a way that you make an impact, and it's also hard to freaking win football games. And they, I think people just think it's like Madden all the time. But I want to just, you know, just for him, the way he's just kind of handled the season, he's come along, they've kind of found his spot and how he fits into the offense, and he's done a good job with it. All right, so from one major player to a guy who contributes in a lot of areas, let's go to DJ Dallas standing by with Jen Mueller. Let's go back to the beginning of this game, DJ. We saw something that we had not seen from you guys. It's the variation of the tush push, the quarterback sneak, but you got a chance to run it. How long have you guys been working on that play? Uh, Shoot, it was a dream of mine to play quarterback in the NFL. But, uh, yeah, we've been working on that for a long time, all season. Why was today a good day to break that one out? Uh, Shane saw some and uh, he called it and we executed. So I have fun doing it. 
<laughs> well, when you convert, I would think it gets put back in the playbook for oh, you yeah. again. We yeah. ran it. We ran it. I uh, forget what game it was, but we ran it earlier in the year and got the first down, but had a penalty and uh, had ended up putting the ball. But we got it this time, no penalty. So There you go. Early in the game, it just looked like the timing was a little bit off with the offense. Do you have any guesses as to why that was? Uh, Probably like just first half jitters, I guess. But got to look at the film and, and really see what was going on. And I think I think we finished well. We, we finished really well. And uh, yeah, looking forward to, to playing a, a tough-nosed Steelers team. They remind me of the Steelers. So we're ready for, for really any test. You know, that is something that a couple of your teammates have said. Nobody wanted to go through a four-game losing streak, but what are the lessons learned during that stretch that have paid off the last two games? Um, I think we lost a lot of those games really close. And uh, it just taught us that we have to give extra effort down the stretch to finish those games. And, and I feel like the past two games, we, we've been doing that. The confidence level on a scale of 1 to 10 when you guys get the ball back with just over three minutes to go that you could go down the field and score? 100%. 100%. With Geno, DK, Tyler, uh, Zach, and uh, Jackson on the field, I, I'm not worried at all. The number of third and longs, both last week with Drew and this week with Geno being able to convert, is it is it just like kicking into a different gear at that point in time? or Because the defense knows what you got to get done. Why has it been so effective on those drives the last two weeks? I think just, you know, Shane being the coach that he is and, and dialing it up when it's when, when necessary. And then the guys that we got, man, we those guys trust Geno and Geno trusts the O-line and, you know, the receivers trust Geno to get them the ball and, you know, Geno gets it done. And you know what? The Hawks generally have great field position bump because of this guy and his return skills as we get that back to you. Thanks, Jen. That was DJ Dallas. Here's a fun fact for you, folks. Seahawks, the second team in NFL history to have two different QBs throw a game-winning touchdown pass in the final minute of a regulation, in regulation, in back-to-back games. Last time it happened, 1999. It was the Dolphins. Dan Marino and your very own Damon Heward were the quarterbacks to do that. All right, that's a good find by our production assistant, Chauncey Sanders. When we return, we'll uh, we'll go through some of these highlights, man. We got a lot of them. That is next on your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. This is is Hawk Talk Postgame, a joint presentation of Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM and Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with the fellas. It's time now for your favorite part of this program. Going to run down some of these highlights as they went down against the Tennessee Titans. The very first touchdown of the game was a touchdown pass, but it wasn't from Tannehill. It wasn't from Geno Smith. It was Derrick Henry to Okonkwo for a 12-yard touchdown. First and 10, Tannehill now. Pistol formation with Henry behind him. A pass by Henry to the end zone. Touchdown, Tennessee. The entire Seahawks defense, and I can't say as I blame them, bit up on the toss to Henry to the right side. Henry stops, throws to the end zone, which he has done before in his career, and it is 6-0 Tennessee as a Quanquo, the tight end, was wide open and made the catch in the back corner of the end zone for six. 
Yeah, sometimes you just have to tip your hat to the offensive play call. Um, I mean, that fooled everybody in the entire stadium. No one expected Derrick Henry to pull up and throw that ball to the tight end uh, like he did. So hats off to the Titans. They used the, uh, to their advantage Derrick Henry running forward the whole drive, setting that up. Oconquo, the recipient of a nice trick play there. This next highlight, Boye Mafe gets his first sack since November 12th when the Hawks played the Commanders. Tannehill back to the line, three receivers left, has time, stands, gets hit, goes down. Off the far edge, Boye Mafe. He broke this, the uh, drought and picks up the sack. That's his eighth on the year, and that is the end of the first half. No, that was great by Boye Mafe to to, uh, to to get back on the board with a sack. I think he played a pretty good football game today. Uh, he you know attacked the edge, had a nice tackle on uh, Derrick Henry. So, good, great job for him to get back uh, back on the board in the sack column. This next play, man, you gotta find your number one receiver when you need a big play. That's what happens. DK Metcalf is the recipient of a pass from Geno Smith for a touchdown. Smith and Jigba slots inside of Lockett on the right side. Metcalf to the left. Walker in the backfield. Gino takes the snap, looks, throws to the back of the end zone, reaching up one hand. Does he keep it in? He does. Touchdown, Seahawks. DK continues to make plays when it matters most. This was impressive by him because he had a little juggle in there, but he was able to keep both feet in um, in the back left side of the end zone that put the Seahawks up 13 to 10. Another big play week after week from DK. All right, but the Titans would respond. They go 15 plays, 75 yards, and Derrick Henry reminds people he's a short yardage king. It's a two-yard touchdown, making the score 17-13 Tennessee. The single setback, Tannehill under center. Henry gets it, and Henry scores from three yards out. Well, I hope that's a lesson for the Seahawks, to run the ball from under center. But uh, uh, Derrick Henry also gets even deeper in the backfield, so he has a lot of momentum when he's coming forward at 6'4 and 250 pounds or whatever he is. That close to the end zone with that kind of momentum, not sure you're going to stop him. Touchdown Titans. So the Hawks need to respond. They are down with not much time left on the clock, and they do exactly that. 14 plays, 75 yards. Who do you find in the end zone? The kid out of Stanford, Kobe Parkinson. Parkinson on the left. Gino looks that way, throws back shoulder. Parkinson has the catch. Touchdown, Seahawks. The Seahawks line up all three of their star wideouts to the right. They throw backside to Parkinson. A perfect back shoulder throw by Gino. And the Seahawks go up 19 to 17 with 57 seconds left awaiting the PAT. What a great call and a great throw by Gino. Yeah, their third score of three drives in the second half, and this one meant the most. Uh, Colby just uses his big body and, and is able to kind of box out the defender there. And what I uh, what I loved is that uh, Quandre Diggs had talked Colby through this, and they've been practicing it over and over again in practice against each other. And finally, they were able to pull it out in the game, and, and Colby was the hero here. All right, the Titans would have the football, man, and they're trying to go down the football field. Man, they pick up a couple of first downs, but when it was all said and done, these last two plays were the biggest of the game for this defense. Ryan Tannehill sacked one more time by Draymond Jones. Hopkins wide to the near side with slots to both sides. Tannehill looks. He gets hit. He goes down. Draymond Jones. Clock is going to keep moving. Another sack for the Seahawks. Yeah, I think the Seahawks ended up with six sacks today, and it was good to see Jermon Jones get a, a sack. He, he's been a guy that has been working hard, 
creating plays for other people and may not have, fill up the stat book uh, you know, every week. But uh, it was good for him to get a, a sack here to kind of help in, uh, seal the win and end the game. All right, the Titans will still have the football, and Ryan Tannehill finds Colton Dowell for a three-yard game, but he can't get out of bounds. Why? Reek Woolen with a big hit to slow him down. The clock runs out. Game over. Seahawks win. The Titans have to try to race their receivers back to the line of scrimmage just to spike it. Now they're not going to spike it. They're going to throw near side. Ball is caught and knocked out of bounds, but the clock doesn't stop. The receiver caught it. Clock is ticking down. 2-1. Seahawks are going to win this game. The defense hangs on. They win it. Nothing better than seeing that clock strike zero with your team ahead. Uh, what a play by Reek Woolen here, keeping the receiver in bounds or, or hitting him backwards out of bounds, I should say. The clock will continue to run when you go out of bounds backwards. So smart heads up play by Reek Woolen and probably the hit of the day, as you heard from Pete Carroll on his presser. Yeah, man, uh, I wasn't ready for Reek to get downhill like that <laughs> and, and do what he did, but I'm happy, man. Guys like him um, need to make those plays, and he came through for the team. All right, when we return, we will give you our unsung heroes. That is next in your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. This is, is Hawk Talk Postgame, a joint presentation of Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM and Seattle Sports. This is Hawk Talk. I'm with the fellas Ray Roberts and Brian Walters. I am Michael Bumpus. We know who balled out. We got some names for you, right? Um, but who's the unsung hero? Who is somebody who made some plays that uh, might not get the love that they rightfully deserve? We'll let you know right now. Big Ray, who you got? Well, you know, I guess I can't pick Boye Mafia because he's he was our key hawk. And I can't pick Bobby Wagner because that's who I picked to be the key hawk. Um, <laughs> But I'm, I'm gonna go with Geno Smith. Geno's you know hasn't hasn't played in a couple weeks. Was ready to play last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, felt a little disappointed that he didn't get to play. Probably you know as hard as he tried not to hear it, you had to hear the noise of people saying that maybe Drew Locke should be the starter moving forward and all this other kind of stuff. Came out today, wasn't really on top of his game early. But, man, in the last drive, 75 yards, needed a touchdown, he went and got it done. And so I'm going to give my unsung hero to Geno Smith. Um, yeah, I like it. Um, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with a guy uh, that was asked to step up. You know, when Jordan Brooks went down with the ankle injury, he was asked to fill in and, and, and actually fill some big shoes having to tackle Derrick Henry. And uh, it was uh, Devin Bush. He came in and filled the role nicely. You know, we, di- we didn't really see um, – like a weakness, you know, when he had to fill in for, for Jordan Brooks. And I think that was big. He, he had six tackles on the day and one tackle for loss. So um, to have that depth like that and a guy like that can fill in for Jordan Brooks is big. So I'll give it to Devin Bush. I like those picks. You got Gino who uh, gets hated on, even if he does exactly what Drew Lock did and a little bit more. Um, you got Devin Bush who was brought over here to really be a starter, but then you Jordan Brooks comes back healthy and then Bobby Wagner is playing. So he's spotty, so he stepped up. Um, I am going to go with Quandre Diggs. And I'm going to go Quandre Diggs just because of that hit. Mm-hmm. Like, every now and then, you know, you're on a team and I feel like guys are looking for somebody to do something. You know, somebody make a play, somebody do something. And boom, once Quandre did that, I felt like it was a snowball effect and you started seeing big hits. We haven't seen, at least I don't remember a game as of late this year where we had that many big hits. I can count like three or four big hits. Um, but yeah, I like those picks, man. Well, you guys are getting good at this, man. Yeah, I, I was actually, <laughs> I was thinking about uh, Bush as well because um, you didn't really 
notice anything when there, when Brooks went out and you mm-hmm. thought like, oh man, what's going to happen? There was wasn't a real drop off there, and uh, and he showed it well. And then also, man, just even the play that Quandre got flagged on, it's like, come on, dog! Like you got to let these dudes play football. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like you have to look at some of those hits and and try to at least judge some of the intent. Exactly, you yeah. can see that he was he was leading with his hands. Yeah. But but your your hands collapse and your body is still moving forward. So it's it, he hit, you know, his face mask hit the other dude's face mask. Come on, dog! Like that, that's just a, like it's still football, man. Like jeez. And Wait, so said, the, forget what the rules said. I know his face mask hit his face mask. Yeah, but, but I, the intent wasn't there. Yeah, he wasn't trying to take the dude's head off or anything. He just coming up making a physical tackle, man. It just it just makes it hard. I mean, being an offensive player. It, I just can't imagine what it must be like to play defense. It has to be – you have to be thinking through every single thing that you do. You know, like whether you're tackling a person or, you know, trying to cover a receiver in a secondary, like all these different kinds of things. Sacking a quarterback, you have about a six-inch space on the quarterback's body. That you Like there was a, a flag against – um uh, against um, who did we just play? The Titans, uh, the Titans Gino, where yeah. the, the guy hit Geno low, yeah. but he hit him in the thighs. Like right. it wasn't like he hit him in the knee or below the knee, and it was a penalty. So it's just like it's just difficult, man. And so just the it was frustrating because sometimes you need those types of hits to kind of set the tone. Right. And that's what I think Quandre was doing today. He was mm-hmm. trying to set the tone. And unfortunately on that when he got a penalty, he'll probably get a ten thousand dollar fine. Man. All up in the dude's pocket. All up in hol- his pocket. Over the holidays. On the holiday, holiday season. Come on, dog. Oh, let him live. Yeah, put that 10 grand back in his stocking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You heard it, Santa. When you visit uh, the Diggs. I'm home. Drop a 10K in his, in his stocking, and everything will be all right. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about this playoff picture. The Hawks are alone in the seventh seed right now. We'll also look at the Steelers. That's who the opponent is next week. That is next on your home for the Seahawks. Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. This is, is Hawk Talk Post Game, a joint presentation of Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM and Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hog Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with the fellas Ray Roberts and Brian Walters. Let's look at this playoff picture. One through seven, number one seed. You got the Niners, number two, the Lions at 11 and four. Cowboys at 10 and four. As of now, I believe they're playing as we speak. Yeah, Tampa Bay, they're seven and seven. Looks like they're going to improve to eight and seven. Philly is 10 and four. The Rams are eight and seven. And Seattle Seahawks are eight and seven at the number seven spot. Thank you to the Lions for taking care of the Minnesota Vikings. The Lions actually play the Vikings one more time. They could take another L there. You're looking at the Los Angeles Rams. They have to play the 49ers. You assume that the Niners will take care of business there, depending on the playoff situation. It might sit some players. Who knows? But nonetheless, the Seahawks are in the playoffs as of now. You still have to handle business. You got your help, the help that you wanted. You got the win that you wanted. But um, don't stop here. You got to keep winning. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Pete said it, you know, during the week that the Philadelphia game uh, was kind of the kickoff to the for the playoffs for the Seahawks. And so it was great that on that platform and that big primetime stage uh, that you that you won a game in the fashion that you won it, because uh, it, then it kind of carried over to today to where they maybe not play as well, but they had the mindset. They had been been there and done that just last week <laughs> in the same situation. Almost a was it the same score, B. Walt? And then and yeah. then uh, and then Gino and and Drew's stats were pretty much the same. So uh, it, it it's been playoff for two weeks now, and so all they got to do is finish this playoff run into the playoffs. 
Yeah, nothing special when you're in. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's that's as easy as it gets right now for the Seahawks after getting the help they got today. Um, if you lose, then it becomes a little different. You're relying on some other teams to to fall off. Um, but I mean, I, I don't think there's any other message but just just win, right? Just win the game. You got Pittsburgh, who's battling for the AFC spot too. So next week's going to be huge for both teams. And then um, if you can get through Pittsburgh, I think the Seahawks can handle Arizona, and then. And then uh, we'll find out where they go. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like the Eagles might overtake the Cowboys there for that division lead. So, um, But who knows? I don't know what's going to happen there. But when you're in, that's all that matters for the Seahawks. Win and you're in. Keep things rolling. So now we got to focus on the Pittsburgh Steelers. There was some drama uh, this past week. This year, honestly, think about Tomlin and people thinking that uh, he might be done in this league. Um, look at the receivers over there. George Pickens was criticized for not finishing a block. I think we see it from both angles. I guess you're trying to protect yourself, but it looks bad on film. Nonetheless, man, Mason Rudolph also played for this team. And um, uh, they went, lost three in a row with Mitch Trubisky. Now Mason uh, hops in there. They win 34-11 to 11 against the Cincinnati Bengals. The worst, the thing that scares me the most about this team is just them being rejuvenated by a Mason Rudolph. Like, just just go and, and handle business. But uh, we know we know this team, the Seahawks. It's a bend-on-break team. So it's, it's probably going to be a close one. Yeah, and you can have two of the longest tenured coaches in the league and two coaches that are so identifiable by their uh by the the culture and stuff that they create. You know, you know, Pete has his way of saying things and you know, you can't win in the first, second, or third, win the fourth, and then freaking uh Mike Tomlin is just a walking motivational quote machine. <laughs> you know, he just has a way of talking and being so matter of fact the way he says stuff. Uh, and so it's going to be really interesting. We talked earlier about how similar the teams are, the situations they are in, the playoff run, uh, the way their seasons have gone. I think B. Walt, you know, demonstrated that that Seahawks went on, went on this four-game losing streak. The Steelers lost lost four or six games, so they're both in this this situation where they have to win to get in. So it's going to be, uh, you know, at first a couple of weeks ago, maybe looking at this game, you thought like, hey, it's a winnable. Should be a an, an, an relatively easy game to win, not saying easy like they're pushovers, but now the, this game has a little bit more juice to it because both teams are still fighting for something. Yeah, when you go four weeks back and you look, they lost to Arizona 24-10, to and they lost to New England 21-18. I mean, those are two of the worst teams in the league, mm-hmm. and they lose them. You're just going, okay, this Pittsburgh game, this might be this might be an easy one, but... But now, uh, you know, Cincinnati, they beat them, they beat them handily on Saturday, 34-11. And they were rolling. Cincinnati was playing good football. Jake Browning was, was uh, you know, taking control of that offense. And But um, so the Steelers are coming in now on a high with uh, Mason Rudolph at the helm. But all those three losses that they had in a row there was with Mitchell Trubisky. So I don't think we will be seeing him unless, some, obviously, Mason Rudolph goes down. But uh uh, to me, the Steelers, it's all about their run game, their power game, and stopping the two running backs again. Um, as you saw today with the with the double-headed monster with uh, Derrick Henry and Spears, they have Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. So it'll be all about stopping the running game. Spears is going to be okay, side note. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he's yeah. going to be all right. All right, but you got Najee, you got George Pickens, you got Mason Rudolph, and a, a well-coached Tomlin team. That's one that you can count on. They're going to be ready to go. Hey, today's final score, Seahawks 20, Titans 17. You've been listening to Hawk Talk on Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders. Studios coordinator, Max Strobel, and Nathan Gamet. Gamet. I'm sorry, Nathan. First time reading your name, bro. I get you right. Gamet, my man Gamet. Here we go. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is Nasa Chobie. 
The Seahawks return home to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers on New Year's Eve. Pre-game coverage begins at 10 a.m. on our Seattle station. For Ray Roberts and Brian Walters, I'm Michael Bumpus. Hawks get it done 20-17. Talk to you guys next week. Merry Christmas.